Happy Father's Day and welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Sean Moore comes with a power-packed message entitled The Heart of the Father. Get your pen and your pad ready and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Well, we're going to start today in uh, Mark chapter 9. So I encourage you to go over to uh, Mark chapter 9. Uh, of course, I'm sure that the scriptures will come up on the screens. Uh, you can follow along whichever, uh, whichever uh, Bible, if you have a physical Bible with you, an electronic Bible. I believe the notes are in the Version Bible app if you're interested in getting them there. Uh, whether you're a father or not uh, really doesn't matter. Uh, you can still get something out of the message today. Uh, I think that a huge mistake that we make uh, today as believers is when we only store in our hearts the word that we think we need for right now. Amen. One of the promises of God in John chapter 14 verse 26 is that the Holy Spirit will bring everything back to your remembrance whatsoever has been committed unto you. Listen, God might move in the midnight hour, but God doesn't wait till the midnight hour to get to us what it is that we need. There are going to be some words you're going, to, you're going to get on the inside of your heart that you're going to carry around for a few years before you will ever get from that word what you need to give you direction and to give you the power that you need to deal with some things that are going on in your life. So I've learned uh, as a believer that I check in during every message. Uh, whether I think I, I think I need it right now or not, because I'm going to store it in the shelves of my heart and Holy Spirit's going to pull it when I need it the most. So in Mark chapter 9, we're going to begin reading at verse number 17. We're going to read down through verse 29. I'm going to read this to you from the Amplified Bible, the classic edition. And it says, one of the throng replied to him, teacher, uh, I brought my son to you for he has a dumb spirit. And wherever it lays hold of him so as to make him its own, it dashes him down and convulses him and foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and he falls into a motionless stupor and is wasting away. And I asked your disciples to drive it out and they were not able to do it. He answered them, oh, unbelieving generation without any faith, how long shall I have to do with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. So they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him at once, it completely convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground, kept rolling about, foaming at the mouth, and Jesus asked his father, how long has he had this? And he answered, from the time that he was a little boy, and has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water, intending to kill him. But if you can do anything... Do have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said, you say to me if I could do anything. Why, all things can and are possible to him who believes. At once the father of the boy gave an eager, piercing, inarticulate cry with tears and said, Lord, I believe constantly help my weakness of faith. But when Jesus noticed that a crowd of people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and dumb spirit, I charge you to come out of him and never go into him again. And after giving a hoarse, clamoring, fear-stricken shriek of anguish and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy lay pale and motionless like a corpse, so that many of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took a strong grip of his hand, began lifting him up, and he stood. And when he had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not drive it out? And he replied to them, This kind... This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. So if I were to, uh, to give a title to today's message, uh, it is the heart of a father. 
the heart of a father. Now, the Bible isn't just filled with principles. Uh, it is also filled with stories. And one of the things that I appreciate about the Bible is that God did not just include uh, the highlights in the Bible, but we find in the Bible both the good, the bad, and also the ugly. And I think the Lord did this because it's more relatable to our human experience. Thank God for stories. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, it tells us that a good man or a good woman leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So when we talk about leaving an inheritance, we're talking about a legacy, something that's transmitted, something that's passed down to the next generation. And how many of y'all know as parents, our kids don't just need our stuff, they also need our stories. Amen. Thank God that we believe our God shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. But they don't want to just hear that preach. They want to get to a place where we can share stories with them where our God did supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I mean, you know, when we get a glimpse into someone else's life, it oftentimes helps us to be able to see ourselves. Because I know that many times you might think that your situation is very unique and nobody's going through what it is that you're going through. But I mean, you know, the Bible tells us there is nothing new under the sun. There is no temptation that has taken us, but such as is common to man. Oftentimes what we're facing may be new to us, but it's not unique to everybody else. Somebody else has gone through it. Someone else has overcome it. They got the t-shirt, they got the video, and now their testimony can become your prophecy that you're going to come out on the other side as well. Now, when we're talking about the heart of a father, this, what we read here in Mark chapter 9, this story took place after Jesus came back down off the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And he could see that the religious leaders were arguing with his disciples. And so in verse 16, he asked them, what are you arguing about? And when he poses this question, he asked it to the religious leaders, but actually someone from amongst the crowd spoke up. And it was a father whose son suffered with, from epilepsy ever since he was a little boy. So he had a brain disorder, and as a result of this brain disorder, uh, he had recurring seizures that he had been dealing with, and the condition had gotten so bad that the father said, my son is literally wasting away. This young man's father played a very key role in his son receiving his healing, and how many of you know our kids' struggles oftentimes are not just eye-opening experiences for them, they also can become locators for us. This dad didn't have epilepsy, but his son's fight with epilepsy helped this father to see his struggle with his own personal faith. And there are three things that I want to point out from this story that our children need from us as dads. Now, again, I'm going to speak to fathers today during the message, but ladies, come on, you're going to get something out of this as well because the Word of God is pregnant with revelation. The Word of God is going to, is going to speak to you today. It's going to bear witness with you today. And Holy Spirit is going to take a message that's directed towards a group, and, and the splatter is going to hit everybody in the room so that everybody feels like I got what I needed today. So the first thing that our kids need from us that I want to point out from this story is our children need dad's discernment too. Our children need dad's discernment too. Now, we don't know where this young man's mother was. We don't know if this was a single dad. We don't know if his wife wasn't able to come. We don't know if she was at home with the kids. We don't know if maybe she was taking care of some 
uh, her, some, her elderly uh, parents. We don't know what was going on with the mom in this situation. Of course, back in Bible days, the man was the breadwinner for the family. And from reading the story and also from reading other accounts, what it gives me the impression is that this took place sometime during the day. So that means that this man must have taken some time away from work in order to help his son get the breakthrough that he needed in his personal situation. And it's great when we see dads who are willing to sacrifice natural things to demonstrate to their children how important their spiritual well-being is. And I think that our children need to see not just their moms, but also their dads make sacrifices in these areas. I mean, you know, it's great for you to leave work to get to the games, to get to the recitals, to get to all the school functions. But the kids also need to see dad is willing to not go golfing on Saturday in order to be here for Saturday prayer. Oh, I, I didn't get any amens. Look, I'm, I'm going to do your pastor. <laughs> this young man had a serious physical condition. Yet the father had enough discernment to recognize that his son's battle was spiritual in nature. Thank God for dads who know how to use their tools in order to fix things. But also thank God for dads who know when it's time to pull out the armor of God and go to battle spiritually on behalf of their family. See, what this young man was dealing with was not just a physical issue, it was demonic, which tells us that another trip to the doctor's office was not going to resolve the problem. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, I want you to look at this. It says, but the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are folly, meaningless, nonsense to him, and he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned, estimated, and appreciated. Now, in order to, to, uh, in order to grab a hold of what Paul is saying here in this passage, you have to first of all understand he is actually speaking to the church. He's not speaking to a group of lost people. He's speaking to a group of people who have come into the knowledge of the truth. And what he tells us here in the passage is that the, the, the non-spiritual man does not receive, notice three things, the gifts, the teachings, and the revelations of the Holy Spirit. Well, why does the natural, non-spiritual man struggle receiving these three things? It tells us because to the natural man, they are meaningless. They are nonsense unto him. And I know that a lot of times, especially as men, we, we pride ourselves at being very practical, you know, which I think is necessary. You, you know, we, we are receiving spiritual principles. We need to find out how they apply to our lives in the natural. We talked to the brothers about that on yesterday. But I want, I want you to see that if, if we're just natural and practical and even as, as heads of our home, we're okay with our wives being spiritual. We're okay with our wives going before the Father in prayer. We're okay with our wives seeking the face of God about what we're supposed to do as a family. And we just say, well, you know, I just provide and, you know, and, 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 you know I make sure things are taken care of in the natural. She needs a new washing machine. I make sure that washing machine is purchased. I mean, if there's something my family needs in the natural, I'm there as a man. And listen, that's great that you do those things in the natural, but you can't just be a natural man and lead a woman of God. A woman of God does not want to take the lead in her home. If she takes the lead spiritually, it's only because she feels like if I don't do it, he's not going to do it. Woo. 
See, as men, we pride ourselves at being problem solvers. But listen, if the, the enemy knows if the only weapons and solutions we have in our arsenal are natural and fleshly, then he's going to keep the battle over in the spiritual realm. Because he knows that man won't step out of the natural into the spirit to deal with the root issue of what is really going on. And I mean, you know, we want to be natural dads that can do what we need to do in the natural when it needs to be done. But we also want to be spiritual dads. So if we need to go to war, if we need to break out the word of God, if we need to get our degree in theology and take our family before the throne of God, if we need a word for the new year, if we need direction on where our family is supposed to go, we know how to switch back and forth between both worlds and get the downloads that we need to get from the Holy Spirit so that our family can get what they need from God. Come on, anybody in agreement with that today? Not just spiritual, not just natural, but supernatural dads are what our children need. Number two, our children need to see our willingness to yield to authority. They said, nah, I ain't no light-skinned leadership now. Going to be talking about all this on Father's Day today. Come on, stay with me today. Our children need to see our willingness to yield to authority. So everybody in the home is yielded to dad, but who is dad yielded to? See, oftentimes we learn from our fathers how to relate to those that are in authority. And people who struggle to relate to authority figures oftentimes have unresolved daddy issues from the past that they have not overcome. And what I want you to see in the story that we just read is that this young man's miracle is directly connected to his father's ability to yield to someone in spiritual authority. Just imagine if this young man's father had unresolved daddy issues and had a problem relating to people in authority. Let me show you where the struggle would have gotten real for this dad. Right here in Mark chapter 9, verse 22 and 23, it says, And as often, you know, this spirit has thrown him both into the fire and into the water intending to kill him. But if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said, you, you say to me, if, if you can do anything, come on, while all things can be and are possible to him that believes. See, he could have gotten his feelings right there and say, man, who, who, why you got to talk to me like that? You know how what I'm going through, you know what kind of challenges I'm dealing with. This is not the time for you to get smart with me. Come on, you strap on your sandals the same way I strap on my sandals. You tuning your tunic the same way I'm tuning my tunic. But there are miracles that God wants to release in our lives that are directly connected to our ability to relate to and connect with those who are in authority. How oftentimes do we make things complicated in the kingdom because we're trying to find our own way? We're trying to prove that we can do it. I don't know if we want people to give us the praise and give us the glory for what we figured out in this life. But listen, Paul said, whatever you have received, whatever you have learned, whatever you have seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. How can you make that kind of guarantee, Paul? 
How can you guarantee that if I follow after your example, the God of peace will be with me as well? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sure, you, you, you are unique. Sure, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Sure, there is no one else on the earth like you. But listen to me. God isn't making up the rules as he goes. The reason why he gave us the word is so that we could have a historical account of how he has dealt with human beings in the past so that we could point out what is God and what is not. It's the reason why he gave us the fruit of the spirit. So we don't have to try to figure out exactly everything the spirit is doing. Let's just follow the fruit. And that is he's about love. He's about joy. He's about peace. He's about long suffering. He's about goodness. If the character of God is not connected to the method of God, then I don't know that God is in it. I want you to think about in Matthew chapter 8, there's a story about a centurion who has a, a servant that's at home who's, man, dealing with some physical challenges. And he comes to Jesus and he says to Jesus, I want you to come and heal my servant. And Jesus said, I'm on my way. I'm coming right now. He said, he said hold on. He said, you don't even have to come under my roof. Just speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. He said, listen, I'm a man in authority. When I tell somebody to come, they come. When I tell somebody to do this, they do it. He said, when I tell someone to go, they go. So because I understand authority, I believe that you are supreme in authority over my servant situation. So if you tell this sickness to go, it's leaving. If you tell healing to come, healing is coming to my servant right now. If you tell somebody to do something, they're going to do it because you're Lord and you're master. And I understand the way that authority works. And sometimes people in authority see things that we don't see listen to me this this father's son had been dealing with these epileptic seizures for years ever since he was a little boy and i'm sure as a dad he tried everything that he could to try to help his son get free from his condition that he had been dealing with he brings his son to the disciples the disciples can't figure out but he brings them to jesus and jesus immediately knew what the answer was and see thank God for dads who know when they have come to an end of what they can do Jesus knew right away this was a faith issue now if I had a lot of time I would I would get into it but I'll just give you just a little snippet you can see that that faith was the problem here because when Jesus showed up the the, the demon immediately started convulsing started acting out, never said anything, just started acting out. Why? Because they wanted them to focus on what it looked like instead of what they believed. It was a faith issue. He knew it immediately. And instead of addressing the spirit, he instead turns to the father and gets some history. How long have you been dealing with this? You know, is this, you know, has this been in your family? Is this something that you've been struggling, struggling with for some time? Because oftentimes when the enemy attacks us, he's going to always assume that this generation is going to struggle with the thing that the last generation struggled with. So he's going to the dad to get the details of what's going on because he's going to address this issue head on and his son is going to walk away free. This leads me into my third and final point today, and that is our children need to see their dads reach out for help when we need it. Woo, come on, somebody. Our children need to see their dads reach out for help when we need it. Man, I know oftentimes our kids see us like superheroes, man. How many dads in here have heard their kids say things like, man, my dad can do anything. Now, we know that ain't true, but it sure feels good to hear them say it, doesn't it? 
But listen, even super dads don't have all of the answers. And I can only imagine how helpless this father must have felt to watch his son go through this for years. Watching, and it's almost like watching your kids getting bullied and getting beat up every day. They come home with scratches and bruises and you want to show up at the school. You're ready to fight just about anybody and you realize that they're battling against an enemy that you can't see with your physical eyes. And now you know there's nothing in the natural that you can do to free your son. You need a spiritual solution to the problem. And that's why he said, Lord, I have faith, but help my unbelief. Because my unbelief is the reason why I haven't been able to help my son. And listen, sometimes we see our kids dealing with natural things. And it's giving us a glimpse into what's going on in our life. When we're starting to see that, man, if I was just closer to God, if I was just spending time in prayer, if I was in my word like I need to be, I'd be able to help my child in this area but I've tried every natural practical thing that I can think of and it seems like nothing is working what is the key and I'm going to tell you Holy Spirit wants to give you the keys nobody is more better equipped or better suited to address the issues going on in the lives of your children than you that's why God gave them to you There's a wisdom, there's a grace, there's an anointing, there's a discernment that you have that you will not find anywhere else. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes as parents, because parenting is one of the most humbling things in the world that that, uh, we can do. I mean, y'all would agree here today. Hold on, let's take a minute. Let's rest in that for a second. Oh, Lord Jesus. Amen. Parenting is one of the most humbling things. Boy, I tell you, then your kids get older and their opinion grows with their bodies. How long you been here? 15 years? Okay. Think you got life figured out, huh? Okay. All right. <laughs> Our children need to see, man, their dads reach out for help when we need it. Half the battle sometimes is just acknowledging where you're at. This dad refused to give up on his son's condition, and he could have easily called something temporary terminal. And I don't know where, what you're dealing with today or what you're going through with your kids or grandkids, but the enemy would love for you to see a phase, would love for you to see a moment in your child's life as something that's terminal that will never change. Listen, you might not have the answer to your prayer, but what you do have is prayer. You might not have an answer, but you still got prayer. See, we think prayer only works if I'm getting results. Man, listen to me. The Bible says in the presence of God, there are fullness of joy. there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. This is the confidence that we have in him that we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. If we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. Even if God doesn't answer my prayer, one moment in the presence of God does may not change my situation, but it changes me. Somebody say amen to that today. Our children need to see their dads reach out for help when we need it. Now, in Mark chapter 9, you'll see that this father's response when Jesus said all things are possible to him that believes. In verse 24, the father of the boy gave this eager, piercing, inarticulate cry with tears. And he said, Lord, I believe constantly help my weakness of faith. Now, I've been leading men's, what we call man camp in Phoenix. been doing that for quite a few years now. And this is not exactly what I would call your typical everyday male response. <laughs> Eager, piercing, inarticulate cry with tears. Yeah, most men not respond in that way. What this tells me is that these are stuffed emotions. A lot of men are stuffers. Oftentimes, as men, we stuff our frustrations, 
we stuff our feelings, we stuff our anger, and what happens is that it ends up popping out in one moment of time just like it did with this father. And I'm asking myself, who was this dad talking to about his situation or was he talking to anybody at all? Maybe, just maybe, it hurt too much to talk about it. Maybe as a dad, he was too embarrassed to talk to other people about what his son was going through. I mean, I want you to just imagine every time your son has an episode having to explain to everybody, yeah, my son has a demon. I mean, who wants to do that every single time? Come on, somebody. Being honest, sometimes as parents, it's embarrassing to see our children go through some of the things that we go through. And although their issue is not our issue, that sometimes is the problem we're working through as parents. I can't even help you because I'm too embarrassed about your situation. Maybe as a dad, there are some things that you've been stuffing. Maybe there's some things that you've been frustrated about, angry about, but too embarrassed to talk about. And Proverbs chapter 17 and 17 says that a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. The reason why we have relationships, the reason why you go to a church called Linked Up is because you weren't designed to do life all by yourself. And when you feel overwhelmed and you feel like, man, I can't handle this situation or this, I'm too embarrassed by what's going on, you've got to be able to talk to somebody about what's going on so that you can get un- from out under the heaviness of what you're facing and dealing with. In Ecclesiastes, it tells us two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But man, someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Why? Because you got to be on your game every single day. Listen, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. See, pride is what prevents us from reaching out. Pride is what prevents us from letting an Aaron and a her hold up our arms. Pride doesn't come before a victory, gentlemen. Pride comes before a fall. Who's praying for you, man of God? Who's helping you shoulder the load of what you're carrying? You got Joshua-like faith, but where's your Caleb? You got Moses-like vision, but where's your Aaron? You got Elijah like anointing, but where is your Elisha? Amen. Our children need to see their dads reach out for help when we need it. I'm coming down the home stretch here. Mark chapter 9, verse 25. I want to point out something to you here in this passage. It says, but when Jesus noticed that a crowd of people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you deaf and dumb spirit, I charge you to come out of him and never go into him again. Now, let's break this down a little bit. What they are dealing with, the King James, uh, the Amplified here calls it unclean. The King James calls it foul, meaning it is an unclean, impure, and lewd spirit. So there's some, some type of, or we could assume there's some type of sexual uh, Uh, immoral immoral situation connected to what's going on with this young man. And what I would dare to say is this young man was exposed to something when he was a little boy and 
And what it did was it opened up something demonic in his life and it manifested as epilepsy. Jesus calls it a deaf and dumb spirit, but it doesn't have anything to do with intelligence. Whatever this young man was exposed to, he has not been able to talk about. And because he hasn't been able to talk about it, the demon maintains control through the boy's silence. Notice, even when the demonic spirit would manifest, it would just act out. It would convulse. He would foam at the mouth, but it would never say anything. See, the enemy attacks kids with adult issues that they don't always have the vocabulary to articulate what they're going through. And so we look at our child as a parent, and it's like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. Tell me what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Why don't they always have the ability to communicate it? And sometimes the reason is because the enemy's power in that area of their life lies in their silence. And how often are we dealing with things in our lives? And listen, there are some people in here today, you are carrying around family secrets that, and you know, especially people that look like us, we, we, it's just things you don't talk about in the family. It's happened with grandma, it's happened with grandpa, it's happened with uncles, aunties, and we just don't talk about it. And then we wonder why in our generation we're struggling to get free from some things that we've seen consistently manifest in our families. And what's happening is that the enemy has used silence in order to maintain control over this struggle in the family. And until somebody decides to give voice to what's going on, amen, then freedom will be waiting on you to have enough courage just to speak up and say something about what you're going through. And listen, sometimes even as dads, we've been stuffing all of these things that we're feeling. And God is like, man, son, you don't have to go through this by yourself. I'm not expecting you to be God to your family. I'm not expecting you to shoulder the load that I'm supposed to carry. I told you to cast all of your care upon me because I care for you. When I made you and created you, I didn't make you to try to walk this life out by yourself. I made you so that I could walk alongside you, coach you, direct your step, let you know when you were on, let you know when you were off, give you the wisdom that you needed at times when you needed it the most. And listen, instead of coming to God to get the downloads we need, instead, we're just suffering in silence. And listen, if you are in here today, if you're in this room, male or female, and this really hits home with you. This really hits home. You're like, yeah, th there are things that, that I've been dealing with, that I've been going through, whether it's with your kids, grandkids, things that you've seen in your family. And the reason why the enemy has been able to maintain control is simply because no one's willing to give voice to it because I don't want to talk about what's happening in the dark. If I'm speaking to you today, while the musicians start to play a little bit here. If I'm speaking to you today, I'm going to invite everybody to stand to their feet. But if I'm speaking to you today, I believe God sent me here from Phoenix, Arizona for this moment. See, the Bible says that God has given unto you a mouth and wisdom. 
that death and life are in the power of the tongue. If just by opening up your mouth, you could go from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. By just opening up your mouth, you could go from being one of the enemy's children to all of a sudden becoming a son and a daughter of God. And sometimes your miracle is right here in the hole in your face. If this message is really speaking to you today and you're like, yeah, this is me. This is, this is what I'm dealing with. I want you to raise your hand today, not because we want to call you out. We're not going to call you to the front and make you, hand you a microphone and say, tell us, you know, what's going on in your family. We want you to raise your hand because the people around you, we're going to have them to cover you in prayer. We're going to have them to lift you up and, and to pray for freedom in your family. Go ahead. Come on. Listen to me. I understand the shame. But listen, nobody knows what's going on. The only thing we want to do is just be a support to you today. And I know I'm speaking to many more of you. And I know sometimes at that earlier service, like, man, I've been around the things of God for a little while. I don't want everybody in my business. I want everybody to know what's going on. Why? Because I'm polished. I'm a, I'm a believer. I've been saved 27 years. I got it all together. Sometimes that's our biggest problem. When we first came into the kingdom, we, were, we allowed ourselves to be impacted by the gospel. And then eventually sometimes we kind of polish ourselves and want everybody to be impressed by what we do instead of allowing God to make an impact upon our soul. All right? So today, listen, I want you to lift your hand today. If you need, if you need prayer in one of these areas, and if you see a hand around you in your area, I want you to stretch your hands in, the, in their direction. And I want you to lift them up. We're going to pray today. We're going to lift them up today. And we're praying for their breakthrough, for their deliverance, for their freedom today. Because it's needed. And listen to me, it doesn't always have to be something like, man, someone was molested in my family. It could just be, man, I'm, my, my, my children aren't living for God, and I wish I could talk to somebody about it, but I'm so embarrassed about it because I'm a volunteer at the church that I'm, I'm shouldering the load of this all by myself. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up those who have their hands up today. We pray for them. We pray, Father, that... The thing that the enemy has been able to do for years through silence. That God, you would give them the courage and the boldness to open up their mouth and to declare the wonderful works of God over their situation. The enemy would love them to feel like this can't turn around. This will never change. This will always be an issue in your family. But we are here today to declare the devil is a lie. Your word is true. Your spirit is here. And just like your spirit moved upon the face of the waters, I believe that right now in this moment, you are moving upon people's lives today. And God, as they open up their mouths and they decree and declare the wonderful works of God, the promises of God over their situation, Lord, we thank you for freedom coming into their lives as they need it. Give them the courage they need to have the tough conversations. Show them, God, who they can talk to to help shoulder the load of what they're facing and what they're dealing with. We pray that right now shame is broken over their life and broken over their family. We pray right now that burdens are being removed and yokes are being destroyed. We pray, God, that right now they will begin to move. Some have been paralyzed by this situation, but we declare, God, they're getting their mobility back. They're going to begin to move like they used to move in times past. And we thank you, Lord, that they are free totally and completely from this and that this generational thing that's been going on is broken. 
We speak freedom, God, over the lives of their children. We declare that their children and their grandchildren will serve you all of their days. I don't care how far away from God they are right now. We declare in the name of Jesus that the eyes of their understanding are going to be enlightened and flooded with light. That they are going to come into the knowledge of the truth. That they are going to be revolutionized and changed. God, we thank you that they're going to run into other believers in grocery stores and shopping malls and own their jobs. And everywhere they go, there's going to be somebody there to minister the gospel to share the gospel. One will plant, one will water, but you will give the increase. We call them into the kingdom. We call them into the kingdom. We call them into the kingdom. And not only will they be saved, but they'll be on fire. They'll be free. They'll live, God, with boldness as they serve you for all of their days. We give you praise and we give you glory for freedom in these areas of their lives. In Jesus' name. One last thing I want you to do before I turn this back over to Pastor Gregory. One of the greatest things that you can do as a free person is to open up your mouth and say something that you weren't able to do before. So now I want you to praise God in the area that you've needed freedom in as one of that, a sign of faith that you believe when you got prayer, you receive freedom in that moment and he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on and give the Lord a shout in this place today. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Come on and give the Lord glory and honor. Hallelujah. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000 thanks again for listening have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you